Welcome to the Vital Health Podcast. I'm Jodie Duval and I'm a functional naturopath in Perth, WA. This is a place where you can expand your knowledge on how to optimise your health and realise your full potential. We'll have cutting-edge information with expert guests and having lots of fun along the way. Get ready to be empowered and motivated to reach your higher vitality and find your ultimate potential. Let's go! Today, I had the absolute honor to talk with Dr. Christopher Shade. Today, we talk about everything detoxification. We talk about heavy metals and what this means for detoxing. We talk about lead and mercury, aluminum or aluminium tin, and the differences in each and how they should be removed or detoxified. We also talk about biofilms and gut health, and we talk about the complications and considerations of detox, including the link between detox and the nervous system. We talk the importance of the parasympathetic nervous system in detox and the link of CBD use in in detoxification. We also talk in detail about liposomals um, and why this is the most advanced delivery method and the difference in delivery. And we talk about the differences between liposomes and the microemulsion system and are all liposomes the same. We also talk about binders and the importance of the push catch system. And we talk about Kinton and the benefits of its use. And we also talk about NAD, NMN, and why we should be using these or this, as well as what's next for Quicksilver. And we also talk about what the top strategies are for detoxification daily, plus lots, lots more. Now, Dr. Christopher Shade is a founder and CEO of Quicksilver Scientific and continues to be the driving force of development and innovation Dr. Shade's vast depth and breadth of knowledge, passion for healing and intuitive understanding of chemistry and biology are reflected in Quicksilver Scientific's well-designed detoxification protocols, unique supplement delivery systems and patent mercury speciation test. Dr. Shade is a recognized expert on mercury and liposomal delivery systems and he has lectured and trained doctors in the US and internationally on the subject of mercury, heavy metals and the human detoxification system. Dr. Shade's current focus is on the development of cutting-edge lipid-based delivery systems for nutraceuticals such as liposomes and the microemulsion systems to address the growing need of high-quality, affordable detoxification solutions. And we hope you enjoy this in-depth look at detoxification with Dr. Chris Shade. Hi, Dr. Shade. Thank you so much for being on the podcast this morning, your afternoon or your nighttime and my morning. <laughs> I'm happy to be here, Jody. Very happy. So we're going to talk all things detoxification and and dive pretty deep into um, your amazing products as well that you've got um, from Quicksilver. So what I wanted to get started with is just a little bit of your backstory, how you got into this. Everybody wants to hear that. I know. know. (laughs) How did this guy become what he is? Uh, (laughs) And I was born in 1969. And... and I was born in, and it really does go back that far because I was born in a steel town. Uh, and mm-hmm. so there was all this airborne metallic pollution going on. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, I grew up during the 70s. The dentists loved to fill your mouth full of mercury fillings. Uh, when I got all 17 of them removed, my dentist here, the holistic guy, goes, You're not going to like this. You only have one cavity. <laughs> in the end, he said, maybe you had two. The rest were all sealant. Like you have a little crack and they'll drill it out and put it in. And so I had all this exposure and, uh, and 
I was also a very reductionist guy and and I grew up in and then in college I had a TBI and then in college I wasn't doing as well and uh, the TBI was on the like rational side of the brain and so I ended up going down this different path. Of course, I started taking hallucinogens, which really shook everything up quite a bit in college. <laughs> and then I went down this very alternate path and I was an organic farmer. Mm. And uh, I was a stonemason for a while, as an organic farmer, and then I was organic farming research. And in doing all that, and I was also, you know, very much into, into you know, mystical currents of teaching. And what I'd learned to do was to approach scientific stuff from a much more creative and much more systems thought. So my artistic side was handling scientific thought. And I emerged out of that and then went back to school and got a master's and then a PhD. And the PhD was on uh, mercury biogeochemistry. That's how mercury, uh, you know, is released from, say, coal burning, goes into the air. How does it change to go into the rain? What form does it come down in? How does it change in the soil? How do the bacteria use it? How do they biomethylate it? How does it move up through the food chain? And then how does it interact with biology? So it was a very sophisticated understanding of all the changes that happen with mercury. And in doing that, I did some testing called the mercury speciation testing. We uh, sell it as the mercury tri-test and being blood, hair, and urine, different forms. You've got the fish form, methylmercury, inorganic form. So I patented that during grad school, went out to uh, commercialize the patent, uh, first doing environmental work, and then I introduced it into the integrative and functional medicine world and first got traction with guys like Hal Huggins and Dietrich Klinghart, these sort of elder statesmen of detox. Mm -hmm. And then, you know, you have uh, pointing out a problem, you come out, got to come up with a solution. And I already, you know, from all my past, I, I, I thought in systems biology, I thought about, you know, I had done a lot of herbology and, and so I, I thought about things that way. And then I wanted to solve this problem of toxicity. And I first started with this binder to bind. Uh, well, first I started by trying to detox myself with DMSA and got myself really sick. Mm. And so uh, in watching a lot of talks, functional medicine talks, I suddenly had this light go on where I'm like, I shouldn't be forcing everything through the kidneys. I should move it through the GI tract. And uh, I knew this was done in the early 70s during a poisoning in Iraq. And so I had made uh, basically like silica gels, little sand grains with chelators on them for uh, pulling metals out of water. And I'm like, I think I can take those orally. And mm -hmm. I did, and that like fixed all my toxicity issues that I had from getting all my amalgams out and using DMSA. And mm -hmm. that led me to try to figure out why that was happening. And that was... Uh, I started learning about the glutathione system and how that works. Then I wanted to get glutathione in. And that led me to liposomes and nanoemulsions for getting things into the body that aren't usually absorbed through the GI tract. So mm -hmm. that was the beginning of the detox system. We rounded it all out for, for mercury, cadmium, and arsenic, added EDTA for lead, and then took those delivery systems and started layering all these other metabolic formulas, uh, you know, taking lots of different aspects of functional medicine and taking them into these advanced delivery uh, formulas at the same time starting to starting to understand more and more about liver pathways and deeper levels of detoxification and the interaction between detoxification and metabolic formulas and that's 
where we are. <laughs> wow, that was amazing. <laughs> Good job. <laughs> that was very well succinct. Um, Right. Yeah, I can imagine. I can imagine. So uh, diving straight into this, this heavy metal. Now, I have a passion for detoxing effectively. And that's why I, I really love what you talk about, what you teach. Um, and a lot of the idea behind detoxifying the body is to get everything out of the cells, get everything out of the tissues and push it back out of the body. Um, but what I you know, understand is that if you do that, then if the gut, you know, the, 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 the impermeability is, is high, then it will just start to then recirculate and then obviously into um, back into the liver again. So talk to me about the best way to detoxify as well yeah, as the heavy metal component of that as well. Yeah. And, and that the, the problem that people get into and where all the Herxheimer reactions mm. from detoxification is because they work at a cell level first, but they're not working at a filtration level. And mm. so I like to say microcosm, macrocosm. Microcosm is the cell pushing out into circulation. Macrocosm is liver, GI, kidneys, filtering and even skin filtering. And so the filter's got to be open and flowing before this stuff comes in. Now you can do this all at the same time. Some people get into a very reductionist, I'm going to work on this, and I'm going to work on that, and I'm going to work on that. Mm -hmm. But is and if you're starting by opening up the filters, the cells will even respond by starting to dump more out. So that's where everything really has to start. And so when we got into what I call liver directionality and making sure that toxin uh, detoxification is coupled to bioflow mm -hmm. and then coupled to binders, that was really the big turn in the system where we were able to do what used to take us nine months. Now we could do in two to three months because we didn't have to baby step it up so much. Once you open that up real strongly, everything starts to work. Mm -hmm. Now to unpack kind of the most important part of that is the, that liver side. Now, mm -hmm. everybody knows, oh, I got to get my liver working. But how many people know what the fuck that even means? You Absolutely. Know? Oh, Absolutely. my liver working. I'll take some milk thistle and my liver <laughs> will be working and it'll do all those magical things that a liver does. And so I like to talk about this directionality. And, and you know, if you visualize like kind of a rectangle being a liver cell, on one side, you have blood feeding it. Every liver cell fed on one side by blood mm -hmm. and transporters bringing things from the blood into the liver to be metabolized. Mm -hmm. And on the other side, it is drained by bile. So you see red on this side, green on this side, and it's called the bile canaliculus. And so the bile tree, I like pictures of the liver that have like a million threads of green running up into the liver. So it's like an upside down tree with the roots being being the bile ducts and then going into little rootlets and every cell drained by a rootlet of the bile canaliculus coming together into the common bile duct. You've got the gallbladder as a storage and release mechanism so that you can release bile for, uh, for uh, digestion and then dumping down into the small intestine. Now, up in that cell, transporters moving things in from the blood and transporters moving toxins out with the bile and the transporters themselves move both bile and toxins. Mm -hmm. So toxin flow is completely linked to bile flow. So if you have cholestasis, you have toxostasis. 
they have to move together. Mm -hmm. And so you have a transporter called MRP2 that moves bile salts and toxins. You have a transporter called BSEP, bile salt export pump, that moves bile salts. And those two are co-located. They're right next to each other, like twins in the canalicular membrane. And they're upregulated and downregulated together, just completely linked. And then there's another transporter called MDR that has a couple substrates it moves, but it moves PC as well, phosphatidylcholine, which is responsible for fluidizing the bile and making complexes with the bile so the bile doesn't digest everything that it's around. Mm. So all this stuff has to be flowing for the toxins to flow out. All right. Now picture a scenario where, you know, you've been pulling toxins into that liver cell and all of a sudden you lock up the outflow. You can't go out anymore. And we'll talk in a second about what locks it up and it'll be like, Duh, of course it does. All right. <laughs> and so when that all gets blocked up, I talked about these transporters over on the blood side, you have indoors and outdoors and you're mostly using the indoors when everything's working and then going through the bile. But when it builds up in there, then the indoors get turned down and the outdoors get turned up and you dump all that stuff that was in the cell back into the blood. And it's both toxins and bile salts. And what does that do to you then? The toxins, they go to your kidneys and you get lower back pain as they struggle to keep up with it. They go to the brain, they give you brain fog. They're going into the cells, they're creating immune reactions, you're making histamines, you're getting tired, your mitochondria is getting tired. And very importantly, they go to the skin. And the bile salts lodge under the skin and that's where you get the itching. Mm. Pretty much once you like get your liver all grooved, anytime you're itching, you know you need some bitters and, and then it'll go away right away. <laughs> and if the toxins come out and form immunological reactions, then you get rashes. So itching, rashes, little upper quadrant pain, lower back pain, that's all the liver to gallbladder transition being stopped. And so that's mm. called intrahepatic cholestasis, being inside the liver cholestasis versus extrahepatic cholestasis. That's when you got a gallstone in the bile duct and the gallbladder preventing flow. Mm. So all that gallstone stuff started by having too much intrahepatic cholestasis and not enough flow of the green river. And then when that's not flowing, it starts coagulating and the stone stuff start forming. Mm. And Pretty much anybody who's had the gallbladder removed, that started by having slow bile flow up there. Mm. So our whole goal is to make sure that the flow is this way, not going back into the blood. We want to open up the bile transport and at the same time that we're upregulating any aspects of detoxification. And then when that stuff all gets down to the GI, then you're going to grab those toxins with a binder so you don't get that reabsorption. Mm. That's the whole liver side of it. That makes so much sense. So much sense. So talk to me then about how and where you focused on opening those pathways of the liver up and the, and the bile flow. I know we've got PC because that helps that fluidity. Yep. Um, how, however, I know your liposomal delivery for your bitters is a way of quickly opening up those bile channels. Um, yeah. And then obviously you take that, the catch system afterwards. So you've got that push catch, which is um, an amazing system that you've designed. Um, and then grabbing those toxins afterwards with that time, you know, very right. important. 
Right. So let's un unpack that and we can mm. go, we'll start with like the baby steps. Uh, it's just like, you know, if you have a real intro detox, how do you just get the bile and the catching? And then we'll go to what's in liver sauce, which is, uh, has more things added into it. So mm. at the first level, like some of the clients who come to me and they have very obviously stuck livers, we might start with the bitters and the PC. Mm -hmm. So PC being phosphatidylcholine, we have a product, pure PC, and then the bitters, bitters number nine, or bitters X. Bitters X is usually what I use for cholestasis because it's got a lot of myrrh, uh, and the myrrh is good for open, for moving those blocked channels really well. Mm -hmm. In fact, it's, it's used in Ayurveda because it moves blocked, if, in women's formulas, because it moves blocked blood out of the uterus, but it also moves stagnant bile out of the liver. Mm. All right, so we take the bitters and the PC, and about a half la hour later, we take the ultra binder. Now, what's in the ultra binder? So this is a toxin binder cocktail. It's got charcoal, it's got zeolite and a little bentonite, uh, so the clay minerals. It's got mm -hmm. chitazan, which is derived from shellfish, but it's anallergic, and it's a molecular mimic of Wellcall, which is one of the things that are used in the shoe maker biotoxin protocols. Mm. And then it's got, uh, for the GI health, it has acacia gum, which is a prebiotic and it's a soothing compound and a little bit of aloe as well. Mm -hmm. And it's got the last binder it is, and it is IMD, our metal specific binder. Okay. So all those different cocktails have their specialty in the soup of toxins that's gonna be coming out. Mm. Because, oh, I'm gonna do mercury detox. Like only mercury is gonna come out. <laughs> and the way it works yeah. everything's gonna tumble out absolutely uh, yeah and so you need a cocktail to get that all so at this first level uh i like to call that fluidizing the liver it's just gonna get that flow going it's not getting the cells wound up it's not really getting the phases of detox wound up mm -hmm. uh there's something called nrf2 upregulation that turns up all the cells phases of detox and especially at a cellular level gets the cells to push out to the blood and then the liver picks up. So at this level, we're just getting the bioflow and then the binder. Now this timing is really unique to these liposomal and nanoemulsion systems that we make. So we make these things called lipid nanoparticles. And if there's water in the middle of this, they're like little bubbles of fat, but they're like nano-sized bubbles, less than hundred nanometers. And if there's water in the middle, it's called a liposome. And we use that for water-soluble things like B vitamins, vitamin C, glutathione. If it's got oil in the middle of the bubble, then it's called a nanoemulsion. And we use that for alcohol and oil-soluble compounds. And that mm. would be simple oil solubles like CBD, vitamin D, vitamin A. And then what I call crystalline alcohol solubles like curcumin, quercetin, luteolin, uh, resveratrol, uh, you know, silymarin. Mm. All right. So now first level is just move that stuff. Now let's talk, now let's go to liver sauce and what's in that. Mm -hmm. Bitters X is in that. So that's the bitter mover. Mm -hmm. There's PC. There's not a ton, but there's enough to, to feed the PC moves needs. Then there's an immune stabilizing. I call them little programs in there. So what are these, you know, combinations of things? So there's an immune stabilizing program in there. That's quercetin, luteolin, and dim. Now, quercetin and luteolin, most of the, you know, the hip cats like yourself will know that's a mast cell stabilizer. That's right. And so prevent histamine release. Now, mm -hmm. your 
a lot of the toxic people are very high histamine and very reactive and they can be reactive to the toxins you're moving, but they can be reactive to just like the bitters you're giving them. They get reactive all over the place. Mm. So the quercetin and luteolin are stabilizing the mast cells. The DIM is working on an immune cell level in the TH system. So you got TH1, TH2, uh, TH2 and TH17 are these sort of hyperallergic, hyperinflammatory reactions people get. And then there's T regulatory dominance. T regulatory is immune pacifying, turns down all those allergic reactivities. And that's what DIM does, switches you away from TH2, TH17 to uh, T regulatory balance. It also has an epigenetic effect. There's certain things that downregulate or epigenetically block NRF2 upregulation. NRF2 is this, uh, it's called a nuclear transcription factor. It's something that goes in, it's released from the cytoplasm, goes into the nucleus, turns up all the genes for chemoprotective activity. That's detoxification, free radical control, all the things that we want, right? And those, you know, turn up on a certain rhythm. And when the toxins build up and the free radicals build up, they turn up to clean out the cell. Uh, but mold toxins block those certain uh, neoplastic changes in early <clears throat> cancer will block those. Mm -hmm. And DIM has an ability to unblock those. In fact, DIM was, uh, we had black box two before push catch, mm -hmm. and DIM had this great ability to open up the livers of these mold affected patients. Because I mean, doesn't that suck that mold goes in and shuts down your liver? You know? <laughs> That's the most difficult part, isn't it? It's got it is, of, but, yeah. but was this little wonder child for opening it back up and and so it's pacifying it's opening up the liver it's increasing you know your ability to metabolize uh, a lot of different hormones uh and switching you to better estrogen metabolites and it's an nrf2 upregulator so that program's doing all that then you got silymarin in there silymarin is acting on different phases of detox it's stabilizing the bile salt transporters mm -hmm. and uh and it's a little bit of an NRF2 regulator. And then there's R-lipoic acid. So R-lipoic acid is my favorite NRF2 upregulator. And that'll turn up the cell's ability to dump out into the blood. In fact, if you take a lot of lipoic acid, you'll see your blood mercury levels often rise before they go down. As you mm. squeeze from the cells, and some people squeeze from the cells faster than they filter. So Mm -hmm. In there, we had the bitters for the bioflow, PC for the bioflow. We had the immune stabilizers, and then we had the uh, milk thistle as the liver upregulator, and our lipoic as the cellular NRF2 upregulator to squeeze stuff out of the cells. Mm -hmm. Now, what's unique with these lipid nanoparticle deliveries is that they go in so fast. It's not just higher bioavailability over the same eight-hour time course that like quercetin and berberine absorb. Mm. Everything goes in and peaks in the blood between 15 and 30 minutes, activates all this stuff, gets your cells to dump toxins, gets your liver to upregulate, bringing things in, dumping stuff out. So all this stuff comes out, dumps out in the bile and peaking in about 30 minutes. And then you throw down your ultra binder and you catch it all. And you tie together this nice, neat little bow around this whole cycle of detox. Release, clear, catch. And all that stuff is then done and out of your, your system. You know, when you're trying to do that with capsules, it's like, when are you going to take your binder? Because this goes in in a half hour. That takes four hours. That takes eight hours. Loose ends all over the place. But mm -hmm. this, in, activate, clean, done. Do that once a day, twice a day, three times a day. 
half dose, single dose, double dose, triple dose. And that is the core of everything. And that's the push catch system. Liver sauce pushes, binder catches. Then the rest become add-ons to tune what you're gonna do. Are you gonna go after metals? Which metals you're gonna go after? Do you have underlying viral loads? How are you gonna address that? Do you need, do you have a lot of neuroinflammation? You need CBD to calm things down while you do that. So those are how you use the other lighting cells. Yeah. All right. Well, I want to dive into a little bit more detail into some of that in a way that can we separate some of these metals out? Is there a difference? Um, I know you said that obviously we do go in with certain um, aspects to then bring out certain metals. So what I'm particularly interested in just to ask you about today is the lead, the mercury, even aluminium and tin, if you've had any experience with those. Um, if you see higher levels in people. And so what, you know, obviously we've got the mercury, we've got the, the IMD uh, in the ultra binder. Is there anything more specific that we need to be looking at to get that out? Yeah, well, let's, let's group the metals into how they work. Uh, mm -hmm. So it, you've got the big four metals. You've got mercury, mm -hmm. cadmium, arsenic. I'm going to put those, put those three here and lead over here. So the mm -hmm. big four, mercury, cadmium, arsenic, lead. Mercury, cadmium, arsenic are all sulfhydryl reactive, meaning they work with the glutathione system and also metallothionine to go out of the body. Mm. So your add-on into our push-catch system for that is glutathione. Mm. Right? We might add more IMD into our binder mix because there's just sort of a maintenance dose of IMD because mm -hmm. IMD is like taking... Uh, the sulfhydryl binders and putting billions of them on a little sand grain and you eat these sand grains and they go through and they're specific mm -hmm. for those heavy metals. Mm -hmm. All right. Now lead's a little different. Lead doesn't really like all that sulfhydryl activity will stop a lot of the toxic manifestations of lead, but it won't export it out of the body. So we use EDTA for that. We use a liposome of EDTA. I mean, people do IV too, but the liposomes are a great day-to-day -day way to go. Mm -hmm. And it also brings and cross-activates uh, the movement of cadmium out. Actually, the best detox of cadmium is both glutathione and EDTA. Mm -hmm. So if you put those all together, then you get everything. Now, tin will come with that glutathione EDTA blend. Mm -hmm. Aluminum or aluminum <laughs> in the colonialized areas of the world. <laughs> God save the aluminum queen. <laughs> aluminum queen uh, is a different animal. And, uh, you know, I can't say that we really even understand how, very well, how we move aluminum out of the body. And, mm. uh, but it does come out. And one of the things that's used for moving aluminum out is silica. So high silica waters or use of biosil, which is a uh, silica, organic silica extracted from uh, horsetail, I believe. Mm -hmm. uh, and then the high silica waters would be Volvic is probably the best, but Fiji is also high silica as well. Yeah. And yeah. so drinking a lot of that, the silicate and the aluminate, uh, the silicate pushes out the aluminum. The aluminum is getting into where the silica should be. Silica is an organizer of your extracellular matrix. You use it for skin and stuff like that, but it's all cytoskeletal stuff. Like what is the structuring, the patterning that the cells are laying down on? That patterning is 
uh, derive from your extracellular matrix. And that's the one organ that extends head to toe and connects every different cell, every single cell. But it's a really hyper-ordered thing. And the silica is part of the, the ordering in there. And when aluminum gets in there, it starts disordering. And it starts like, uh, it, it's kind of like, something that should be more like a, a raw egg yolk becomes like a cooked egg yolk. It like gels up your extracellular matrix. So that's the most common way uh, to push silica out. So, uh, I mean, to push alumina out. And so I say, oh, you want to get alumina out, then you're going to add this in. And I, don't, I haven't really wrapped my head around the aluminum uh, issue, you know, how much of an issue it is. They're like, well, it's all raining down on us and these nanoparticles and the injections. Well, those are very different than... Uh, aluminum absorbed from your diet. Now, you barely absorb any aluminum from your diet, but you do mm. it, get a tiny bit. But aluminum is the eighth largest abundant metal on the planet. It's not like little, 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 little bits like the heavy metals. There's freaking tons of it. And it's all over the soil. It's all over your plants that you're eating. It's like, it's all over the place. And when is it really an issue? Is it when it comes in these concentrated little colloids like the, like the, when it's being used as an adjuvant in a vaccine mm. or in nanoparticles? You know, they've seen that in the nanoparticles, uh, aluminum will, or any metal nanoparticle will get into the lymph and it'll clog up the lymph nodes and script the lymph nodes. And then you'll have immune dysfunction around the lymph nodes. And so it's like these little particles going around. It's not, well, it, so point is measuring your blood aluminum may be irrelevant to these little point toxicities that are going on there. And are those even solved by putting in, in silica? So uh, all I want to say is we, there's a lot of noise around aluminum, but there's not a lot of knowledge around aluminum. Okay. Yeah, that's interesting. That's really good to to sort of consider at least anyway. Because um, I've seen in, in a lot of hair tissue mineral analysis that I do that there is quite a lot of high aluminium, so or aluminum. Yeah, um, and that's <laughs> there's aluminium all over the place. And so yeah. external contamination is a difficult thing. So I, yeah. I think whole blood aluminum is kind of the go-to there. Yeah. Uh, you know, the guy who lectures on that the most is Chris Exley out of... Uh, uh, out of England. Do you know Chris at all? I've heard of him. Yeah, I've not You've heard of him. Yeah, you know? yeah, yeah. And it, the ironic thing is back when we were both grad students, there was this really high-end, like invitation-only meeting that you could go to called a Gordon Conference. And uh, my advisor's advisor was running one. And so I got in and Chris was there and, and we met and I had a poster on mercury and he had a poster on aluminum, aluminum. <laughs> and that was, you know, before, you know, we became who we are now. So I'm always, when I, I only see him, you know, uh, once every dog's age. And I'm like, remember the Gordon conference? He's like, oh yeah. <laughs> but he was the first one who showed the data on aluminum coming out when you drank the high silica water. And so that's where that came from. Okay. And uh, I know the data is real because I, you know, he's a PhD metals chemist and he doesn't make shit up. And that's a problem is a lot of people make stuff up. Yeah, 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 absolutely, absolutely. It's hard to um, distinguish between real and, and made up. Yeah, absolutely. Um, so I want to cover off a few things. Now I wanted to cover off the, the Kinton minerals because I know they do affect the extracellular matrix as well and that organised structure. So I wanted to have, uh, you know, pick your brains on that a little bit. But before I move on to that, I just wanted to cover off mercury as um, biofilms and what your opinion is on biofilms and even mercury and biofilms together. Hmm. 
<laughs> well, we can start well, with biofilms, really maybe. That one as much. Okay. Uh, <laughs> well, because that's a, that's really broad, and yeah, and so if we're to unpack your question a little bit more, are you thinking, you know, like Lyme systemic biofilms? Are you thinking GI biofilms? And uh, and why are you tying mercury into them? So the prevalence of, I sort of have an idea of biofilms being a bit more prevalent in someone who is mercury uh, or has higher levels of mercury. And that may just be an environmental thing for the body and how that is, um, how the body is functioning. And then obviously the immune system and, and everything is not functioning optimally. Um, but even, even if we just pull apart the biofilms and even optimal, you know, that, that kind of area, and we can leave that mercury aside. Um, but biofilms seems to have a little bit more of a fascination around it because it is still a little bit unknown. There, it's, a, it's a thing that we know about, but it's not really well known. Yeah. Okay. So, and, and I, I do, I mean, they're a big deal, you know, biofilms mm. are a really big deal, mm. uh, but I want to pull apart mercury and biofilms and we'll bring them back together later because I don't think there's that much of a causal relationship, except that mercury is a, is a big screwer with your immune system. It's diminishing your immune system mm. and it's switching. It's making it a little bit psychotic. It overreacts or underreacts. It's not doing the right thing. So in the press, like viruses are the most common thing that you see in high mercury means low glutathione environments. You get a lot of virus. The herpes family just freaking loves that. And, mm. you know, remembers, you know, there's 30 herpes viruses and, you know, of course there's herpes one and herpes two, but uh, herpes zoster. Then the real big ones, Epstein-Barr cytomegalovirus, you're going to see a lot of proliferation of those internally. And people don't realize that's herpes 5 and herpes 7, herpes mm. 6 in the brain. So I see a little bit more of that, but they're not biofilm makers so much. No. So in the biofilm makers, uh, I was really impressed with Steve Fry's work. And I was had a lot of biofilms at the time when I was doing this. And he'd take your blood and he had stains for biofilms. And like, if you're in the middle of one of these times where you just feel like crap you know you're gonna see all these biofilms in your blood mm -hmm. uh and these are these organisms making these little uh houses of slime that they're gonna live in and the houses of slime are protecting them from your immune system and uh giving them more favorable conditions and mm -hmm. we know now that lime makes biofilms the coolest thing that steve fry did was pull cardiovascular plaque out with a team of cardiovascular guys uh, at, uh, at a hospital and they found it was alive. There was all these aquatic organisms. So he wow. was got all into this because he was tired of hearing about post Lyme and chronic Lyme because he had a Lyme lab and he's like, I can't find a damn gene for, you know, I, there is not a single Lyme bug alive in here. And then people mm -hmm. have all their stories and they're hiding and they're running away from you. They know you're coming and they run in your brain <laughs> and they come out. And it's just like, and it's just like, he's like, no, I'm fucking done with that. You know, I am done with that. And I'm going to find out what's going on because the yeah. people are really sick. And yeah. so started getting into biofilms. And then he got one of these gene sequences and he was finding all the organisms and he was finding all these aquatic parasites living in the vasculature, just living all over the place, including the ones that were in the plaque. Like the plaque was freaking alive and it was a biofilm. Mm. And so you have to, 
when you're treating that stuff, you need antimicrobials and you need, you know, things like natokinase and, and lumbricinase and serapeptase to break up those biofilms. And in fact, a lot of people, when they feel like crap after doing EDTA chelation, mm -hmm. uh, it's because EDTA is a big biofilm breaker too. And they're mm -hmm. opening up and exposing these creatures and the immune system's like, ah, where they came from? <laughs> and then and they wind up all that inflammation and you feel like shit. <laughs> and and so so that's that and uh there was you know years ago like andrew usman's a friend of mine she did a lot of work around biofilms in the gut and metals coming out once you broke down biofilms in the gut now biofilms in the gut are blocking all the transporters that are moving metals out in uh into the gi and i think they're creating chronic long-term uh, inflammatory patterns, which make you hold on to metals in the cells. And when she would break those up, she would see a flush of metals come out, out in the stools. There was some, you know, suggestion that the biofilms were cross-linked by metals and made firmer. Mm -hmm. I was more like, yeah, but the biofilms are also blocking all the transport of the metals out of the body. So if you break them up, maybe you're able to move them out. So that story was never totally resolved. And I'm thinking maybe that's where you were asking uh, for the mercury biofilm connection. Was that it? Yeah, yeah, I, I am. And I, I wasn't 100% sure on the link there, but it, that, that makes sense. And that's why I was just wondering why I see that in, in a, or a sense of that in my clinic. Um, and I just wanted to see yeah, your I opinion on it. The yeah. immune dis, the combination of the toxicity and the immune dysregulation, mm. and once the, the bugs get in, they perpetuate that. So they're controlling your immune system. Uh, and one of the things when they're doing that, and there's, there's always, when the biofilms are living in there, there's always this chronic low level inflammation. Mm -hmm. Well, inflammation blocks detoxification. These are, in fact, this is a fundamental of uh, detoxification, especially metals, is that they rely on your antioxidant system. And which is your detox system is part of this whole antioxidant detoxification chemopredentive system. And when your immune system is trying to kill things, it's relying on making pro-oxidants. It's making hydrogen peroxide. It's making bleach-like compounds and superoxide. And so it diminishes your antioxidant system, which is turning down your detox system. So it can go and, and you know, torch the little bastards that are in there. And uh, so there is that problem. And then you have to sort of flip that around. And so then, you know, you, 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 like when you're into that stuck space where you're toxic and then biofilm infected, you got to do a little bit of both. You got to come in with antimicrobials. You need some biofilm breaking. You need some uh, anti-inflammatories like CBD and curcumin to like flip you to the other side so you can get the toxins out. Now there's always been these two schools. Which do we do first? You know, Klinghart used to say, you get the metals out and everything else fixes itself. But he just loved a needle full of DMPS. Like that was his favorite tool in the world. And in a way, you know, you can kind of short circuit uh, a non, a system that's not detoxing, you know, and flush stuff, flush some metals out with, with the DMPS. But really, so the question, do we go after the metals first or the bugs first? Mm -hmm. And I am solidly on the bug first side, even though I'm a detox guy. Once you get into that ground like that, but it's not a binary thing either. It's what am I going to be for? I'm going to be antimicrobial forward or detox forward. Mm -hmm. And I'm antimicrobial with a detox underpinning. 
So, because as you kill things, things are released. So you're always supporting that, but you're going in and you're, you're bringing in bigger guns to kill stuff off. And then as you get more under control there, you can shift over and really ratchet up the detox and clear the rest out. Yeah. Yeah. That, that makes sense. And that's where I would say that um, being very, very applicable in clinic anyway. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Um, all right. So can we quickly touch on, well, not quickly, but on the Kinton. Um, Robert Slovak, yeah. um, and I know... Who's here in town. He's not here in the lab right now, but he's like two, three miles away. He's oh, amazing. Yeah, and, amazing. Uh, yeah, Robert and his late brother Jack uh, got me, uh, kept me alive in like 2008, nine. I was about to run out of money and they gave me a bridge loan. Uh, they own a, a chunk of my company. And uh, and they were selling Kingtone, and now we took over the Kingtone distribution. Robert's mm. doing more deuterium-depleted water. Yeah. So Kingtone, what is Kingtone? All right. So raw, filter-sterilized, unheated seawater from a special place off the coast of France. Now the significance of the place and uh, where they get it is that there is a permanent upwelling of water coming from the bottom of the ocean up. Now, this is water that goes on these long global cycles called the global conveyor. And this water that's coming up is thousands and thousands of years old. It's been coming up from the Antarctic uh, up north and then it wells up. It's filled with nutrients. And so there's a permanent, it actually comes up in a vortex. Mm -hmm. And there's a permanent phytoplankton bloom there, and above it a zooplankton bloom. So they go to where the bloom is, they go down right to the space between the, the phytoplankton and the zooplankton, the place where they say there's the maximum biocenosis, which is, you know, this, you know, made up term for <laughs> biobalance. <laughs> and uh, this was, they started doing this in the late 1800s, you know, turn into the 1900s. Wow. And they were using it for everything. They were injecting it, they were inhaling it, they were drinking it, they were curing cholera, they were taking care of all these mineral deficiencies. I mean, it was just awesome stuff, but it had to be pulled right from this area. And there was all these compounds that have come out of the plankton that are complexing all these minerals that are coming mm. up. So you've got every mineral from the crust complexed with all of these phytoplankton exudates mm -hmm. and then filter sterilized and put into these little ampules. Now, the really interesting part is there's two dilutions of this. And uh, they used to dilute with the source from Evian water. And I don't know if that's still exactly the source at Mayor Minapi, uh, but they take raw seawater at the, mm -hmm. you know, the saltiness that is, it's 3.3% sodium chloride. And that's called hypertomy. And then they dilute that down to isotonicity, same tonicity, same salt level as you meaning your plasma, your tears, your, well, not your saliva as much as less salty, but that's all 0.9%. And that is the universal biological saltiness. And back in the primordial sea where all life emerged, that was an isotonic ocean. Now, over all this time, we've salted up the ocean from all the erosion of all the rocks, and now we're at the hypertonic. So they sell hypertonic and isotonic. Same stuff, just with some, some spring water in between, yet it has opposite effects on your autonomic nervous system. Mm. 
the isotonic is the more healing one and it puts you into a more parasympathetic state. So in your autonomics, you have uh, sympathetic, parasympathetic. Sympathetic is, is uh, fight or flight, parasympathetic, rest, digest, repair, regenerate, detoxify. So it shifts you over to parasympathetic. It actually works right through all these membranes in your mouth and starts going into the lymph and then you swallow it and it signals even your kidneys to start draining more. In fact, you'll be able to, you'll, you'll actually get more uh, out of your kidney filtration when you're taking this and it calms you down. It does all these beautiful things. It heals your stomach. Whereas the hypertonic is more of a tonic. It's stimulating. It's a little bit more sympathetic. It, you can see this all in a good heart rate variability machine mm. and it shifts you over there. And it's an alkalizer. It's a mineral supplement. Remember all the minerals of the earth are, are in there. And mm. so you can use these two different things, these two different things in different ways. Like you want to reset your clock in the morning, you're going to take the hypertonic, wake yourself up, get going. At night, you're going to take the isotonic, settle yourself up, uh, settle yourself down and go to sleep. And so, yeah, that's where those come from. And they've been used for, you know, over a hundred years and they're just a fantastic yet utterly simple program. Mm. And that's the simplicity that it's hard to describe to clients, but it's so effective. I've had so many people come to me and say, wow, what is that stuff? Tell me more because it's just making um, unbelievable changes in my body. I'm like, well, it's just, yeah. it's just that it's just a, some seawater in, in a very you know, vortexed and highly concentrated area of the ocean. Yeah, and it's just got all the right things. And there's some, you know, Robert likes to curate a lot of the a lot of the literature around it, the old mm -hmm. uses of it. One of the things he likes to uh, curate there's a book about trace minerals and uh, and transcription of genes, and a lot of these trace minerals that we didn't know were even necessary trace minerals end up being really important for different genes to be transcribed. And so it's just the whole program of life is in there, and that you know it's a it's a it's a it's a signal to your body and it's a uh, it's a mineral set for your body that you may have been removed from for a long time uh, robert likes to say you know the isotonic ocean was the operating system uh, of life and it was carried up on the land and it needs to be maintained and if you look at the mineral disposition of the isotonic versus plasma super super similar Mm, yeah, I, I love it a lot. And, and so now I, I wanted to stay on the nervous system. Um, now we, we can't get CBD and we can't get your wonderful CBD, but I did try it when I was in London. <laughs> um, in Australia, we can't get it here yet. But I know you talk a lot about, obviously, and I know about the parasympathetic nervous system and the ability for the body then to detox in that rather than the sympathetic. Um, and I love the way that you do use CBD in that instance to increase that capacity or to actually just um, enable that capacity of detoxification. So a little bit more information about that, maybe. Great. And let's tie it back to the liver. Mm. And let's, where we're going to tie it to everything. All right. Yeah. <laughs> tie it to everything. All right. So autonomics, sympathetic, fight or flight. Mm -hmm. parasympathetic rest digest repair regenerate detoxify your body's supposed to go in and out of these phases as needed now fight or flight is also associated with uh the neurotransmitter glutamate mm -hmm. whereas the uh, parasympathetic is associated with GABA, a very Zen neurotransmitter. Mm -hmm. Now we start to demonize sympathetic and glutamate because they're doing bad things, but 
when you want to be on it and when you want to have memory, that's what you need. In fact, memory is all tied to fear and tied to survival. Like what kills me? It's the most important thing to survival is remembering what kills you, what is dangerous for you. Mm. And glutamate creates memory. But when that starts going too high or too, you know, you got too much glutamate stimulation, you get something called neuroinflammation and you start making free radicals in the brain and it locks the body into this sympathetic state. Mm. But even if it's not the glutamate doing it and it's just you being on all the time and feeling, having a perception of being in danger all the time, what are you going to do? When you're in stress like that, you change biological prioritization. How are you going to use your energy? How are you going to use ATP? Mm. Now, you're not going to go into repairing and regenerating your body. You're going to get all your ATP and running the hell away from the danger. Mm-hmm. Whether that's your wife or the bills or a tiger, you're going to run away, right? <laughs> and so you move priorities away from these things that we want to do. Now go back down to the liver. Boom. So what do you also not do when you're in fight or flight? Digest, because digest is a whole parasympathetic thing. You go and you get acupuncture and you're super parasympathetic. You get off the table. You're like, oh, I'm hungry. And, <laughs> you, know, and you go eat. And Bile flow. Remember bile, it's not just a conduit for toxins, it's for digestion. So what do you do? You lock that up. You stop that. You don't do cellular detox and you don't do bile flow. That all stops. So when you're locked sympathetic all the time, you stop detoxifying. Mm -hmm. Now, let's also bring it back to hormones. Uh, And what is something that creates cholestasis in the hormone world? Estrogen right? So estrogen dominance and what neurotransmitter does estrogen activate? Glutamate. So Mm -hmm. estrogen is on the glutamate side, which is good on some levels, but then it becomes anxiety and irritability, right? And on a liver level, it's locking up liver flow. So now what's the antidote to that? It's not testosterone, it's progesterone. And what does progesterone do? It stimulates GABA activity and it's a bitter compound that opens up the liver. So mm. you see these things reflexively, stress reflexively blocks the liver. Mm-hmm. Block liver reflexively creates stress. Mm-hmm. Open liver reflexively creates a calmer life. Mm. And so all this stuff has to go on together. So how are we gonna settle down the wound up brain? We can use CBD, we can use GABA, You can use progesterone. When I'm too much of an asshole, my wife tells me to take progesterone. And I do. (laughs) And so, you know, it's not just for girls anymore. And uh, and breathing exercises, magnesium, potassium, all these ways to titrate down that overactivated system are just so crucial. Mm. The, you know, the CBD was like a miracle for doing detox with autistic kids because autism has the wound up uh, neuroinflammatory condition blocking all of the, that's why they end up so toxic. You know, it's mm. a little chicken or the egg. Oh, did the toxins do it or did the, did the neurological condition collect all the toxins? So yeah. uh, the combination of first using, C, well, first we came to CBD, then we learned the push catch. When you do those two together, calm the system down, dump the liver, catch it all, 
you can take an autistic kid and go right into a full-on protocol. No problem at all. You get so much, you get so many results from doing all that. But it's, you know, getting all that brain, liver, binder all together. That's incredible. Absolutely. Yeah, I, um, I, I definitely, I, when I tried your CBD product in London, it was um, very different to what I've tried um, from anything here. So um, it, it's the delivery system, yeah? Is that is that where it's, you see yeah, that difference? Yeah, it all floods in. You know, it's not like, it's usually like two hours to peak uh, blood level or, mm. or peak between 15 and 30 minutes, you mm. know? And it's a six-fold increase in how much gets in. So you get six-fold more concentrated in this early window that whoosh, you feel it come mm. in and, ah, settles everything <laughs> down. At the same time that we're upregulating the cellular phases, the liver phases, you know, so it's just calm down, dump everything, come in with a binder, and you're like, oh, life is better. Yeah, absolutely. Now, I, I, we just we don't have enough time for everything I want to ask. So I wanted to um, quickly cover. I know you have the NAD or the NMN out. Yeah. Um, so I wanted to go over that. Um, yeah, yeah. And I've actually got some in my fridge as well. So and I, I find it amazing. And I yeah, use you know, it. I post that up before we talk, and then I'm like, wow. yeah, you're ready to go. You're ready to go. <laughs> um, and 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 around that as well, I wanted to ask you. There's so many di li different liposomal products on the market, um, and the difference that you see in the delivery system that you've created um, compared to maybe some of the other ones that are on the market, because it's hard to differentiate between the quality out there and the effectiveness. Yeah, I mean, it, it, that's a real problem because people are all i see i'm grabbing something so i can dump some out and show you yeah uh people you know there's this general idea that all liposomes are the same but it's just not true at all and mm. so uh the quality of a liposome is dictated by its size mm -hmm. and uh and it's what it's made out of the elements of the membrane remember the liposome is a, a lipid bilayer membrane looks just like a cellular membrane mm -hmm. and it should be made out of very high quality faucet very high purity phosphatidylcholine that'll be extracted from some lecithin we used to use mostly soy lecithin but we use mostly uh sunflower now because mm -hmm. of all the paranoia around soy it, you know, tell you the truth, it doesn't matter by the time you purify everything out, there's nothing there from the soy anymore. Yeah. You just have PC. But a lot of the, the brands that are trying to compete with us, they just go and get lecithin. So Baker's lecithin uh, or, or a little bit better is triple lecithin is anywhere from 15 to 30% PC. Mm. Now you got all kinds of other junk in there. We use stuff that's 90 to 95% pure PC. It's injectable grade from German pharmaceutical companies, and it is primo, primo, primo. And it costs 10, 20 times more than that junk. Absolutely. And they're just blending that stuff up. And when you look at it, you'll see it's thick, gelatinous, or it's very milky. It'll be thin, but it looks like milk. Mm -hmm. Those are all the light hitting the little fat particles and bouncing off. Now, when you get down into the nano realm where you're below 100 nanometers, you get something like that that's Clear. transparent. You can yeah. see right through it. It's got mm. the color of the phospholipids, but it's transparent. Now, mm -hmm. this is cool. Why is that? Because when the light hits it, it goes through it because the particles are now smaller than wavelengths of light. Mm. 
So like with a light microscope, even the best German optics, the smallest thing you can see is 200 nanometers because light can't hit and come back and, and give you resolution. So then you have to go to electron microscopy, uh, you know, electron beams. So these are under 100 nanometers and that's where the light, you know, it can, you can't see anything anymore. So it's transparent. So this is a good way to look at your liposome and say, is it in the right size? So what is the relevance of size? The smaller the size, the faster the uptake. It actually goes between layers of cells. It goes through the mucous membranes, between layers of cells and right into circulation. When we take the liposome so small uh, intraorally, you can, in two minutes, you can see the compounds in the blood. Mm. And then they rise to a peak, like I said, somewhere between 15 and 30 minutes, depending on which formulation and what person, but whoop, up like that. And you do not see that with the other products. Plus, the carrier, the liposome itself, is made out of high-quality phosphatidylcholine, which is a supplement itself. Remember, it makes bioflow. It makes membranes. It makes your cell membranes. It makes your mitochondrial membranes. It makes endoplasmic reticulum membranes. Everything, all of the electrochemistry of the cell is based on the membrane potential. It's how well the membrane separates a charge that is, and that charge separation is used to drive enzymatic reactions. Mm. Uh, so you, you've got a supplement carrying a supplement in there. And that's when you get to those high levels. And this is, this is how, you know, these are the size ranges that pharma uses for, for liposomes. And the nutraceutical industry is just chuck it in a blender and there's not very many, uh, if any, high quality products that, that are out there. Yeah, and I agree. that's the differentiator. And we have all the data on all the uptake and we know mm. what it does, we know yeah. it works. Yeah, absolutely. And you feel the difference when you take the, yeah. you know, the two and, that, and that's just yeah. that in there, you know. Anything that's calming you down, you feel right away. Anything that's bringing you up, like NAD Gold, you feel right away. B12, yep. you feel right away. And that just speaks volumes for you. Mm, absolutely. So on the NAD, and it's an NMN, you know, a lot of the David Sinclair information has come out. A lot of people are interested yep. in the MNN. And I've done a lot of research in it and very interested in it myself and taking it myself as well. So, um, you know, give me a bit more information about that, maybe. Yeah, so... Uh, NAD, it's like the golden child in functional medicine now, mm -hmm. and it is the driver of all carbon metabolism, breaking things down into energy, generating ATP. It is the driver of sirtuin and FOXO expression. These are our anti-aging longevity genes. It's the driver of nuclear mitochondrial coupling, making sure the mitochondria and the nucleus are all doing the same thing. It's a driver of all vitality, really. Mm. And so we want that. Now, what is NAD? Nicotinamide adenine dinucleotide. It is the highest level of vitamin B3. So B3, you're going to supplement uh, as, as niacin or nicotinamide is, are the low-level ones, but then there's all these levels to get up to NAD. Mm -hmm. uh, and nicotinamide is faster to get there than niacin, but it's also a breakdown product of NAD, and so it ends up being an inhibitor of sirtuin. So it's not really a great way to go for that. Mm -hmm. uh, so you want a higher order one, and the higher order ones that are, uh, are NMN, which is one step away from NAD, and NR, nicotinamide riboside. So NMN is nicotinamide mononucleotide, and it just needs to be linked to the adenine, and then you have the dinucleotide. 
NR, nicotinamide riboside, it needs uh, a phosphate group and then it needs the adenine on and then it becomes NAD. So two, two steps. Now, mm. NR was sold for a while by Chromadex uh, under the trade name Niagen. And they lectured that uh, NMN doesn't have a transporter. You can't absorb it. You can't move it cell to cell. You have to use NR. It's the thing that's meant to be trafficked around. Mm. Turns out that wasn't true. <laughs> Last year they found the transporter for it, and you can use that. I bet. There you uh, go. <laughs> I did my out of NR, and it was freaking amazing. But they had all the patents around it, and I couldn't use it. So I'm like, mm. well, oh, look, NMN, I can use that. Works great too. <laughs> and sorry, guys. And, uh, yeah. and they said to me after I did that, they go, Yeah, don't think we didn't know that was going to work. We were just <laughs> trying to ride that wave as long as we could. <laughs> and uh, and Frank, it was funny because Frank Jacks, when we were in London at Health Optimization Summit, Frank was there lecturing on it. We were all at that cocktail party like yeah. the first time. Yeah. And I'm talking to him and he's like, what are you working on? And I'm like, nothing, Frank. <laughs> I had it in my pocket. You know? It wasn't was, out. Yeah. Yeah. Up with it. And I'm like, this is going to be released in like two months and you're going to get fucking mad. <laughs> uh, and so one of, his, uh, one of his business guys came over after we released it. He looked at it and he goes, yeah. Good job. We knew it would happen eventually. Uh, so those are the two high order ones. And yeah. uh, and then, you know, what we blend with it is this one called methyl charts. You need to be constantly regenerating SAMe when you're taking high doses of NMN because NMN turns to NAD. NAD turns over a sirtuin and, uh, and it breaks off those high energy phosphate bonds and you're left with nicotinamide. Now, nicotinamide can go back to NAD, but all inflammatory stressors block that. Whereas the movement, because nicotinamide gets turned in NMN and then mm -hmm. gets turned in NAD. The movement from NMN to NAD is never blocked. That's always working. But the movement from NAM, nicotinamide to NMN is the one that gets blocked a lot. And it gets blocked with age, it gets blocked with all kinds of problems. Then the NAM, then nicotinamide builds up and it blocks all this other stuff. So we come in with NAD to drive up into NA, uh, we come on with NMN to drive into NAD. And then what you got to do is pee out the excess NAM, which is pooling up. And you do that by methylating it with SAMe, S-adenosine. Mm. Okay. Then you're left with homocysteine. We don't want homocysteine. We got to regenerate that. How do you regenerate that? You regenerate that with, uh, with uh, methyl B12, methylfolate, and TMG. Hmm. And so, that is the uh, that's the folate cycle interacting with the methionine cycle, and so the methyl charge. What they you know in the in the old days you know ten years ago everything was about we got to take a lot of uh, five methylfolate uh, to because of our problems. Well, it turned out really what we had to do was supplement a lot of B two to catalytically turn over the MTHFR enzyme more. And then mm. we didn't have to drive in so much, uh, so many forms of folate. So what we do, there's a big dose of B2, there's a catalytic dose of B6, some phalenic acid, which is the immediate precursor to methylfolate. Uh, we don't use methylfolate because it's unstable in these watery environments. Mm -hmm. And a bunch of B12 and TMG. So that's all the things you need to turn over the folate cycle, the methionine cycle, and keep bleeding off the excess NAM that's formed by driving so much uh, NAD formation and sirtuin activity. Mm. Fascinating. You just blown my mind. <laughs> <laughs> Amazing. I love it. I love it.
Oh, thank you so much, Chris. It's just so cool. Now, I wanted to ask you before we um, sort of wrap it up a little bit, um, do you have a, a kidney formula at all, a specific kidney formula? I know you have golden rod in a few um, of your yeah. products. Yeah, you know, we haven't. Uh, I was playing around and I will get back to it. Mm. Uh, you know, the transporters that are working in the kidney are the same ones that are in the liver. Mm -hmm. And so a lot of these formulas are servicing both liver and kidney. Now, uh, when there's, you know, direct problems in glomerular filtration, we're not really servicing that so much. Mm -hmm. And uh, one of the things that you get in the kidney, you get nef uh, like in glomerular nef nephritis, you get connective tissue uh, inflammation around uh, the tubules and that's causing a lot of the problem. Mm -hmm. In fact, the, these uh, metal detoxification reactions aren't really glomerular filtration. They're the same transport system that you have in the liver and they're in the proximal tubules. Hmm. That's where all the metal transport happens. It's mm. active transport, it's not the filtration. So, you know, getting the transporters working with all the stuff that's in, in liver sauce, uh, plus some sort of uh, diuretic to get you peeing more is what you need. So you can just add on, you know, a little dan, you know, there's dandelion mm -hmm. and there's goldenrod in there to support mm -hmm. that. You want more, get some cranberry or some more dandelion. Uh, mm -hmm. Leaf is more diuretic than root. We use root, but root does both uh, yeah. liver and kidney. So yeah, we are working on, on, uh, on one, uh, but we just don't have it there as much. And you know what I, I, used before when I would in the tri test if I saw urine to blood ratios weren't very good. Mm -hmm. uh, there's a formula from Ayush Herbs, A-Y-U-S-H. I don't mm -hmm. know if you can get it there, but it was called Rentone. R-E-N-T-O-N-E. And maybe off the global web, you can get some down there, but that stuff was pretty priceless. That was really good for turning up how much uh, metal got spilled out of the kidneys. Mm, okay. Super interesting. All right. So Chris, what is your, well, what would you say is your number one thing or even that you do every day to help detoxification? Well, first there's just, you know, what do I do every day versus not every day? Mm. Uh, every day is NAD and, you know, NAD and methyltrexate. Mm -hmm. uh, so I keep the NA because that drives everything. Yeah. Then more intermittently, uh, the nano milk thistle and glutathione whenever I'm drinking, mm -hmm. uh, which happens <laughs> fairly often. Uh, I just hired a guy from Molson Coors and, and you know, I was, he's a PhD chemist, R&D guy. Uh, and cause we'd work together on putting cannabis in drinks mm. and then we hired him away and, uh, and his joke today, because the beer guys, you know, they drink all the time. I said, this is, the milk test is really good when you drink. And he goes, so every day, right? <laughs> <laughs> so, every day supplement. That's an everyday supplement. Uh, so those uh, I'll use that way. Bitters is probably in the mix. Uh, you know, a, a, a couple, it's in the mix pretty often, a couple times a week. Uh, and then with like the push catch, I do that in chunks. Maybe I'll do it on the weekend. I'll do, you know, three or four cycles of it over the weekend or, mm -hmm. you know, I'm, 
you know, after a couple of months, I'll be like, ah, I got to do this for a week and I'll do that for a week. Mm. Uh, so, but all of this is all supporting uh, my detoxification. And so, you know, and, oh, I think I need some more binders here. And so once you get going with it, you know, I'm not a like fixed regimen guy unless I'm doing a formal detox and then I'll do it a certain way for a certain amount of time. But then there's the day to day. What do I need right now? Mm -hmm. And uh, so, yeah, glutathione, bitters, milk thistle, uh, push catch. These are things that are all in rotation. Plus, you know, we didn't really get into it, but MPK activation and uh, keto and things that turn up lipolysis, autophagy, uh, those are all integrated into our systems as well. And they have a dual role of supporting detoxification and what we call metabolic clarity, which mm -hmm. is cleanly burning your carbon substrates, burning off fats, not accumulating them. So yeah. your, keto, a, a, your keto before six is a fantastic supplement. It's, a, it's just amazing. And it's yeah. so unregarded. All the keto people just shun it because they don't even believe that's possible. Uh, and but it is. It's like I live on that stuff. I mean, yeah. I, you know, I intermittent fast just about every day. Yeah. You, know, the week, you know, with my kids, I'll eat breakfast, and, you know, just for fun. But most of the time I intermittent fast and I do keto before six. And, uh, and that's just, that's just amazing. And mm -hmm. it is, you know, you can do push catch with keto before six and uh, binder. In fact, when you put people on that and you have them going into ketosis, what do they do? They kick out all these fat soluble toxins Absolutely. and they get toxic and they call it keto flu. Yeah. You get, anybody with keto flu, give them a dose of binder. They feel better right away. Exactly. So that can be liver sauce and keto if you're more liver focused, but if you're more metabolic, you're trying to detox and, and clean up, you know, you've got insulin resistance and stuff, then you can use keto before sex and bun. Mm, amazing. All right. I'm going to have to let you go, Dr. Shade. I'm taking enough of your time already. So thank you so much. It's an honor to have you on today and uh, yeah, appreciate your time. Thank you so much, Jody. It's been, it's been a pleasure talking at high level. Yeah, absolutely. Thank you so much. All right. Bye-bye. Thanks for listening to the Revital Health Podcast. We hope you enjoy this episode. Follow us on Instagram and Facebook at Revital Health, as well as our website, revitalhealth.com.au, for upcoming podcasts, workshops, and speaking events. Find out about specials happening in the clinic and all the show notes and links mentioned in the podcast. Please remember that this information discussed here is general information and it is not intended to diagnose or treat individuals. Please speak to your healthcare professional before embarking on any new treatments, lifestyle changes, medicines or supplementation to assess your suitability. Have a wonderful day and we'll see you again soon.